Today we have Amit Singh. He's an expert on Sikh history, Sikh art, runs a page called Sikh Scope. Painter starts to do the portrait, and then when he gets to the face, he says, you know, the face is glowing so much, I can't paint this. And Suraj Prakash says that Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji takes the pen and they draw their own face in. There was a call tucked right here, right? And to the right of it, there was a large palace. There's paintings from the 1830s, so like when Ranjit Singh was still alive. The first Dasam Granthabir, it has a portrait of Guru Gobind Singh Ji in there. And what's unique is like people that have done research, they say that that painting or that portrait of Guru Gobind Singh Ji is unlike the other portraits from the surrounding hill states. But the theory that they've come up with is in that time at the Anandapur Darbar, a new style of painting had come and they call it the Anandapuri style. Today we have Amit Singh, who's a, a expert in a lot of topics actually. He's a graduate of UC Davis, um, now pursuing graduate studies in dentistry. But he's an expert on Sikh history, Sikh art. Uh, runs a page, I believe it's called Six Scope. Yeah. Um, so we'll link that. Uh, follow it. Look at it. Dope stuff. So let me ask you this: How how did you get into like sick art and sick history? You know, like given that you're in the dentistry field, you know, I think you got your bachelor's in biochem as well, right? Yeah, in biochemistry. So definitely not an expert yet. You know, hoping one day to get there. Right now, I'm just hobbyist mostly. But uh, I think social media played a large part. Obviously, when you grow up, you go to Godwaras and stuff. You listen to Katha. Uh, you don't really get like the context of those stories. Like growing up in the West, uh, you go to the Godot every once in a while. Uh, if you go a lot, like obviously the Kata, you can understand it a lot better. But you know, I would just sit there, hear the stories, not really contemplate them, go home. Uh, and as a kid, I always wondered like, where do we get these stories from, right? But I never really looked into it. I think one, uh, Twitter played a big part in it. There were a lot of history accounts and they would post excerpts from like Panth Prakash or just other books. I've never heard of these things before, right? Suraj yeah. Prakash, Panth Prakash. So I, I saw those and I was like, man, I want to get into this stuff. Researched it and uh, yeah, that's how I really got into it. The six scope part, uh, I was more into photography really. So I would dig through archives, uh, the Royal Collection Trust. It's uh, the Royal Family of England. They have this huge archive of photography from like all over the world and obviously a lot of India yeah. because of uh, the Raj over it. Yeah. So like I searched it up and I see these crazy photos of like the rulers, you know, Sis Satluj rulers Satluj from like Naba, Patiala, Jin, stuff like that. But you'll see normal people like we have this photo right here of the Alkali Nahangs. That was when a prince came to Amritsar and uh, all the people, they would stand like in the city because you know it's a gora passing through and they never saw a white person so they take photos of not just that there are also pictures from that same day people standing on balconies with shores and everywhere crazy stuff yeah. i'm just like man this is really dope like i get it out so like people will probably want to see this yeah definitely yeah. i think like because the, the main pictures we see is really just what's presented to us on like pictures or maybe like when we go in the Gurdwara we'll see like the the same usual pictures or the paintings yeah, right? exactly. Guru Sahibs and like other things but we don't really see like I guess aside from like the mainstream pictures of Guru Sahibs we don't really see a lot of like the rulers like you said you know a lot of those people a lot of like prominent Sikhs who were just mm -hmm. who were not exactly at that level but they were still like you know a part of the community they were still doing things um, generals yeah. um, scholars people in academia things like that they, they have a lot of you know um 
history as well. And like a lot of it has been documented. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, it's definitely like, it's amazing to see that you're bringing it out at least. Yeah, you know? that was my main part. So, but then I also got into, you know, the art side. Uh, like you <coughs> saw a lot of these auctions, auctioning off sick art, a lot of books, like the, the Vindatur uh, in Pursuit of Empire. He has a lot of dope stuff in there. Not just, uh, he has art, photography, he also has weapons too. From, yeah. like, the Sikh Empire era, some, I think, even from the Missile era. So, all that stuff, I saw it. I'm like, man, like, people my age want to see this stuff. They just yeah, don't know it's, where it's, to find it's it. It's inspiring. Yeah, so, yeah. like, once I saw it, like, there were already other pages posting it. But I was like, you know, I'm, I have a lot, you know, that I found in archives. I'm like, oh, I'll just post it, too, you know, just for fun. Yeah. Obviously, like, I don't get anything out of this, but I just think it's dope. Yeah. Like if I, I think because you, you definitely have to like dig a little bit to find yeah, those, right? And some people definitely. just either don't have the time or don't want to dig. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And once you like get to know a little bit, like the main ones are like obviously the Royal Collection Trust. There are auction websites like Bonhams. Like you can go on up uh, in there. Just type in sick and so many things come up like paintings. There's this bust of uh, Maharaja Dilip Singh from Italy that was made in like the 1860s. And it was sold in that auction. I think they, it recently sold again. So, like, I posted that as well. Do you know how much these things go for? So, the bust, uh, it went for over a million euros in, like, 2008. But it lost a lot of value. I don't know how. Really? Yeah, so it sold for a couple hundred thousand, like, a couple years ago. Do you think there's, like, a big, like, market I guess, or market or audience for these type of things? Uh, it's getting bigger. In the like, Sikh community? or Way bigger. Like, that was, like, the only one where i saw the word there was a depreciation but you can find the same paintings sold over again for like three four times the value like i found that there was this painting i think of like maharaja Sher Singh, and like 10 years ago it sold for three or four thousand pounds and now it's sold for forty thousand wow. like 10x value yeah so people know about sikhar maybe like the average opera doesn't you know that's yeah. why I'm like i'm posting I feel it like, so you like know, I mean, this might be a bit of a reach, but, like, to some extent, it's been hidden from us, you know, mm. like, whether, like, on purpose or by accident, but, you know, like, because if you look at those type of pictures, you see, like, these Maharajas and stuff, right? You you remember that Sardabi Raj Yeah. And so I think just to, like, make sure that inspiration doesn't get back into the youth, it's kind of been hidden. Right? Yeah, and I also think people just aren't going to make that effort to see thing, that stuff, but also because now that we have the internet, these things are accessible, right? Yeah. Before, they were just in private collections. Like, obviously, I'm talking about auction houses. They go to collectors. They just keep them with them. Yeah. And you'll, they never see the light of day. Yeah. Uh, except for those people that publish books. Like I said, the Tur collection. Also, Dr. Nrin, the Singh Kapani. You know, yeah, the, the father Kapani of, collection. Yeah, yeah the yeah, Kapani yeah. collection. Uh, he not only published a book, but you can actually go to the Asian Art Museum in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole section dedicated yeah. to the Sikh Empire. Uh, I went recently, and they had, like, the Khalsa Battle Standard. Uh, they had a ring stamp of Maharaja Ranjit Singh that I think he would use on the letters to stamp. So really dope stuff. Uh, original book of Maharaja Ranjit Singh that's from, like, the 1830s. So, yeah, there's people that have done a lot to, like, put this stuff out there. Now it's up for us to, like, up to us to go out there yeah. and, like, look at it and support it. Because, uh, you know, before that, I had no idea that existed. I don't know how long that's existed for the Asian Art Museum. I don't know how many people know about that, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, yeah, those, those things aren't out there, but you have to also look for them yeah, you have to, to dig find them bit, yeah, yeah. and dig yourself. So I think that's where, like, we need a little bit of work. But, again, you know, these things weren't accessible for a very long time. It's yeah. only recently where you can find these things. So I think it's just the, the next step we have to take. Okay, now they're out there. Like, let's show 
everyone yeah, like show you the know, world what they are. The know? art that it's, we used to it's have. It's truly art. Yeah. yeah. So um, let me ask you this: If there is three or five maybe main pieces that always come to mind, whether they're art, whether they're artifacts, mm. um, weapons, things yeah. like that, what would you say are the most intriguing to you? I think the paintings of Maharaja Ranjit Singh Darbar. Uh, they always come up. Um, obviously, the famous one where they're sitting on top of uh, a building. I don't know which one it is, but you can see the Sahib in the back. I think it's that one. And he's waiting to like Granthis, right? There's yeah, two yeah. Granthis in front of him. His palace is over there. I think that one's just so iconic. I think it's by August Shuft. And his paintings are pretty insane. And they always come to mind. The one of Maharaja Sher Singh holding the Khanda. Uh, the one of Ranji Singh's Darbar in Lahore. Whereas uh, another scene, Maharaj Sher Singh is coming back from a hunt. So, like, those pieces come to mind. Some artifacts, obviously, the Koh Noor, you know, something we wish yeah, we have had. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I've been to London a couple of times, but I've never gone to see it. I've drove by it, though, like, where it is and stuff. But, yeah, a um, <coughs> couple of things I've actually gotten to see in London. You can go to the Victoria and Albert Museum, and uh, they have the Golden Throne of Maharaj Ranjit Singh. That was, like, one of the first times I've ever went to a museum to see, like, something Sikh-related. So seeing that was, like, you know, pretty crazy seeing it with your own eyes. Uh, recently, I went to the Wallace Collection. I just made a video on Sikh Scope about it. Uh, they have a sword of Maharaja Ranjit Singh there. Uh, and also, they have uh, a Qatar from, like, the Missile Era. So that was pretty cool to see as well. So it seems like there's a lot of this stuff that's, like, from the Missile Era, right? Do you know if there's anything from, like, actual Guru Sahib's times? Because um, I think... During, like, the British era and stuff, like like you said, you know, the British were there. They obviously documented a lot of things. But prior to the British coming, like, let's say, during the rule of the Mughals, right? Mm. Um, the Mughals are also known to have a lot of, like, intrinsic <coughs> art, right? They were big on art and all these, like, architecture yeah. things, right? We've seen um, structures, huge structures, right? Even mosques, masjids that are, like, they're so beautiful, right? So, um, Islam and the Mughal Empire, they obviously promoted art a lot. And I, I know... I know <coughs> Guru Sahib, they also had like art on Guru Sahib as well. So what do you know about that? Uh, from the Mughal side, I don't know that much like how much they sponsored it because obviously like the main lineage like uh, Guru, Go- uh, Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji and like forward, they were pretty opposed to it, right? Mm-hmm. They were more uh, uh, on the side of like Ram Rai. Like you go to that Godwara and it doesn't look like a Godwara as much. Like, there's an old photograph. If you can find it from, like, the 1880s, it looks more like a masjid than it does a Godwara. Yeah. So, the Muggles, they sported rival lineages more. But uh, if you go to some of these Godwaras of, like, the other lineages that aren't the mainstream of Sikhi, they have, like, these old paintings of uh, the Gurus that we don't have in the main Godwaras because it's maybe, you know, the frescoes, like, you or know. Private collections or yeah, things yeah. like that, you know. They get, uh, they got rid of because they're like, oh, there should be no imagery in Sikhi. Like, mm-hmm. Godwara shouldn't have imagery, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of, the, like, the paintings and the Godwaras, they got, like, whitewashed and, and, so what, and covered do you know, up. Do you know where this concept came from, this idea that, like, there shouldn't be images or pictures? I don't know. I'm The only thing I can think of is, like, the recent era. Like, even if you look back, like, the main paintings that we have today of the Gurus, right, of Guru Nanak Dev Ji by, like, Sobasing and stuff like that, they didn't come a long time ago. They came fairly recently. Yeah, they're more like based in the on 60s, like, right? They're based on like imagination and things like yeah, that. Yeah, right? exactly. So all those images are very popular now. But now is also the time where people say, no, no imagery. A lot of like the Godwaras, they get rebuilt. Like, you know, we lose all those frescoes and stuff like yeah, that. The originality is gone. Yeah, you know? exactly. But 
if we look into like the history and we delve into it, imagery isn't something that was banned or like looked down upon. If you go to Garbala's Pasha and Shevi, right, a text that's very close to Guru Gobind Singh Ji's time, like ten years after their Jyoti Jyot, uh, that text I think is completed or started somewhere around seventeen eighteen, and there's an episode of Pai Bidhi Chand going to get artists to paint a portrait of Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji, and uh, another interesting part. So. If you go to uh, Sur Singh, which is by Bidhi Chand's friend, they have a ton Sur of Singh, paintings. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Sur Singh, near Amritsar. Yeah. They have a ton of paintings that are claimed to be contemporary of the Gurus. Like that, or there's one right next to that one you can find. Um, yeah. Another interesting thing is in Suraj Prakash, when Pai Bidhi Chand passes away, uh, Bidhi Chand's son comes to Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji and he's like, you know, uh, you know, even though my father passed away, you know, I want to... St- stay with my Guru. And Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji says, no, you know, go back to your pen, take care of your family. And uh, Pai Santok Singh writes, like, the Guru gives uh, Bidhi Chan's son back a couple of things. And one of the things he gives back to him is a painting. Wow. So, like, it doesn't say, like, what the painting is, but, like, you can assume maybe oh, it's assume, that painting yeah, yeah. of Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji that yeah. he gave back. So do you do you think it would be possible to find that picture or painting? I think it's they have a lot of Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji if you go to Sur Singh. Okay. So like which one it is? I think they have like five, six there. Okay. So it could be any of those, honestly. So it's just if you go back into like these old texts, like I mentioned like Garbalas, now I mentioned Suraj Prakash, those texts are like over a hundred years apart, mm-hmm. but they both have imagery of the Guru, paintings of the Guru, and it's not looked down upon, right? Yeah. I think another episode we can look into from Suraj Prakash is um, an episode of Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji. They go to the east, in eastern India, and uh, they meet the Sangit there, and there's a BB. I talked about this, I think, in my presentation at Davis, right? Yeah, I remember. So uh, there's this BB, and she sees Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji, and she says, you know, I see my Guru for, like, the first time, and, you know, what can I do to, like, have your memory, like, stay with me forever? And uh, she asks him, or he says, like, I'll always be with you, like, as the guru. And then she asks him if he can get, or if she can get a painting done of him, of Guru Tegh Bahadur like Ji. A portrait, or a portrait. And he says, yes, you know, like, that's fine. And uh, the painter starts to do the portrait. And then when he gets to the face, he says, you know, the face is glowing so much. I can't paint this. Right? Like, I'm struggling too. Uh, yeah, like I just can't. Put the facial features. Like and yeah. And Suraj Prakash says that Guru wow. Tegh Bahadur Ji takes the pen and they draw their own face in. Right? Yeah. And, and this is quoted in the Granth? In Suraj Prakash, this is an episode, I think you can you can go find it. Right? Wow. And then someone read this episode nearly a hundred years later. I forgot what their name was. I think they were a scholar or a researcher in Sikhi. And they read this story and they traveled to East India. And they went to go find that Godwara, uh, like where that BB could have been. And they go and they find the descendant of that BB and they find the portrait wow. of Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji. So like hundreds of miles away, he travels and like the text is basically like authentic. The story is authenticated, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like... The evidence goes hands in hand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without evidence, like you could believe the story, but then like going there, meeting like, the descendant of that person... And they still have that photo with them, right? In their lineage or the portrait of Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji. So I think it's a, it's a conversation like that needs to be had. 
that you know art is something that's always been part of Sikh culture. Yeah. Obviously, worshiping images and idols is against Sikhi. Yeah. Like that's not what I'm saying. But having images of the gurus, uh, as you can see, like from before colonialism, like Switch Pakashes before colonialism, Garbalas way before colonialism, right? So you look at these sources and they mention these things. Um, so it just makes you think, like, yeah, imagery I mean, has always been there. Yeah. So, like, why now are people Definitely. saying? I mean, and, and that imagery, I think, just given its like historical value, now it's it's considered art now, right? Yeah. So we shouldn't be looking down on art, period, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's sick art, you know, I think it would be foolish for us to say that. Oh, we need to get rid of this imagery just because it has, like, you know, some, um, I guess, like, glimpse or some type of like reference of Guru Sahib in it. You know, yeah. Um, if it's art, I believe it should be put out there so, like, you know, people know. And especially the the history behind, like, the authorization of that painting and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. that actually adds to the value of the art as well, you know, the, the sakis and the stories that are given with it. So, in terms of artifacts, right, is there anything aside from, I know there's weapons, there's probably countless weapons, right? Mm-hmm. But is there anything, like, in terms of artifacts that you've seen that isn't a weapon, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, like, maybe, like, a robe or some some piece of, like, artifact that's directly related to Guru Sahib's? Uh, in terms of that, like if you go to small Godwaras, right, in Punjab, and there's a lot of them that are scattered over, you can find like small relics of the Guru, like uh, maybe a comb. They'll mm-hmm. say, Oh, this Banga is Guru Sahib's comb, yeah, like or like yeah. a Gurdka Sahib. And uh, you find these small things, you can definitely find them. Like you go on YouTube, uh, it's usually it's on like the Punjabi side, you're not gonna find these videos in English, yeah. but people go to these small Godwaras that uh, are said to have been visited by the Guru. Like, they show the relics and stuff like that. So, there's a lot of them there. I those stu- That type of stuff, I don't think, is in collections as much. Yeah, it wouldn't be yeah. much collection. But I think one interesting thing is, um, to go back to, is Guru Gobind Singh Ji's Kalgi, right? Uh, it's said to have been Mah- in Maharaja Ranjit Singh's treasury, right? In his Kajana. Yeah, yeah. So, after the Second Anglo-Sikh War, uh, you know, Lahore Dabar is fully taken over. And... Uh, John Logan, he's the person that became the guardian of Maharaja Dilip Singh when they take him to England, mm-hmm. right? So his wife, Lady Logan, she has a cousin. And that cousin works for her husband, for John Logan, right? So there's a connection there. And he writes a letter to his cousin, to Lady Logan. And he walks into the treasury and he sees all these things. And you read the letter and you can like feel the excitement like it coming out of the page right mm-hmm. he's like i'm walking through the treasury there's gold everywhere there's kashmir shoals everywhere and then he makes a list of all like the important things he puts like 10 15 things down uh, at the top is the kuinor right and then uh he mentions a couple other things he mentions that ranjit singh had his father's wedding dress that he wore to his wedding like that's a very cool yeah. thing like you wouldn't expect that to be like in the treasury yeah, right like, you know, yeah so like where that is now i have no idea but it was written down uh, on the list. I mean, it's safe to presume that it's probably in, like, the British yeah. collections or something. Private, private collection, collections yeah. Or something. There's, like, no written. I don't think there is a record of it, like, after that. Okay. Okay, and then there's uh, Guru Gobind Singh Ji's Kalgi is also written on the list. Okay. Like, how imp- like how important it is. And that... So he gives a description of, like, why it's important and everything. No, no, I think he, he just lists it down. And, like, those people for, were familiar with Punjab yeah. and Sikhi. But he, but he thought that it was, like, something very important. Important, write. right. Exactly. And so did Ranjit Singh. They would say, like, uh, he oh, would wear the Kalgi yeah. himself, no, right? Okay. Okay. And obviously put it in this treasury with all those other things. That Kalgi uh, has been lost over time. Like, they've tracked it through different auctions 
in the UK. I think it went through like two auctions or three auctions. After that, they don't know where it went, right? It's been lost. People have tried to find it. They're still trying to find it. Um, I think there was one that came recently, like 10, 15 years ago, that claimed to be the Kalgi of Guru Gobind Singh Ji. And uh, I don't know, they did some sort of testing and found it was fake. How, so, how did they test it? I have no idea. <laughs> I think it's written in an article. You can go find it somewhere. But uh, yeah, so that original Kalgi, right, worn by Maharaja Ranjit Singh, also worn by Guru Gobind Singh Ji, right? Yeah. So That's like, definitely, you know. Crazy artifact. Yeah. Don't know where it is. Might be lost forever. Who knows? Maybe it's in a private collection. Hopefully, man. It's yeah. not lost. Yeah, hopefully it's in a exactly. collection. Exactly. So, like, come out those type of artifacts and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, if anybody watching this has, like, private collections and stuff, <laughs> let uh, us know, man. We want to, like, document it, you know, like, yeah, show the people. exactly, man. Just bring it out. I'm sure people around. have, like, in their, pro- like, we wouldn't expect it, but, like, in our homes, we have, like, some crazy things. Like, for example, me, myself, I have, like, these, um, these coins from the Sikh Empire, right? And yeah. they were in circulation at the time, and they're all, like, worn down. And mm. so, like, it's one thing, like, seeing the coins. I think there's, like, replicas, like, replicas made all the time. But to know that this coin was used in circulation during the Sikh Empire. Yeah. You know, it's just, and it's just laying in my house, right? But things like that, you know, I'm sure, like, you have, like, artifacts like that at your house as well, right? Do you have anything? Uh, not anything that dates that far back. I have more, like, things related to my family and stuff like that. Like, when they were in, like, the World Wars, stuff like that. You have history? Your family has history in the World Wars? Yeah, so, like... uh that's like my great 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 uncle served in like World War One, right? Uh, and we found it on like the website. It's Punjabi's World War One dot com something. It was really recent by the UK PHA, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, we found that. And also just like recent things, like keep like of our parents. Like I found like my grandpa's Hathiyar license, right? When I went to India, so I thought that was very dope. Yeah, and, that's uh, definitely something. preserve that yeah. and keep it, right? So yeah, definitely uh we have these like family things that are valuable to us yeah. also like sick artifacts you know if you are lucky enough to have something like that like you do with the coins you know that's very cool to see as well so i mean we've talked about art we've talked about artifacts but um i do want to get to our next point our last point uh contemporary affairs maybe today and from guru Sahib's time as well because and i come across a lot of these documents that you wouldn't expect to find but they're like intelligence reports from delhi darbar right of Aurangzeb. And uh, we see these descriptions in these reports of Guru Sahib and they describe Guru Sahib, right? How how they looked, what they did, their actions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's crazy to see, like, a written account of what's happening. It's almost like visualizing like you were there, you know? So um, it's one thing seeing art and then it's another thing seeing what the, the quote-unquote enemy was saying as well, right? What their yeah. view was. And a lot of it is, like, it's, it's praising, you know? A lot of it is praising Guru Sahib. Um, they talk about, for example... Um, Something controversial in the in the reports is that Nawai Pasha Shahidi was not for Tilak Janu, it was actually for a new nation, right? Militano. Um something like that. But in those reports where they're talking about that new nation, they ta- they describe Guru Teg Bahadurji who looked like a old man who was a jewel, right? And like how his face was glowing and he had like a halo on his head, you know? Um so you know that that description itself, I think you know you could almost make a painting off of that. You know, yeah, exactly. So, but it comes from intelligence reports, which is interesting. That's also, I think, something we need to look at, um, given the contemporary affairs and things like that. Because, like they say, history repeats itself, right? So if we look at those times and the way the governments were acting and the Sikh communities, the Sikh, I guess you could say, nations' view on how they were standing against these governments and stuff like that. Because I, I do want to mention, it wasn't against any religion. It was against the state. Yeah. Right? Um, and not to say that the state isn't always bad. Obviously, they do some good things. Like, for example, they had descriptions of these Guru Sahibs. They even had some um, 
paintings are authorized as well. I think um, not not I don't know about Aurangzeb, but um, I want to say Raja Pim Chand. Um, he obviously had like some battles with uh, Guru Gobind Singh Ji, right? But he was actually on a diplomatic mission. I think he he went to Anandpur Sahib to discuss a peace treaty with Guru Sahib, right? And from that peace treaty, what happened? I think it was in Bilaspur. You would know more about it, I think, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. The Bilaspur. I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but pretty much people from Bilaspur moved to Anandpur Sahib because of that uh, peace negotiation. And a lot of the people that moved were painters, right? And so they would paint uh, depictions and things like that about that time. So, do you know anything about that? I think uh, one interesting thing. I don't know exactly like the incident, but from that there was like a a ripple effect. So. Uh, these yeah, artists, I mean the ripple effect. Yeah. Oh, that's what I want to get to. Yeah, the artists come from like the Punjab hills. Like the Punjab hills are famous for portraitures and stuff like that. The ones you find of even past the Guru's time, you go to Maharaja and Singh's time. The paintings of the Gurus, like they all mostly come from like the Punjab hills and stuff like that. So those artists shift to Anandpur, uh, just like uh, poets do, right? Like by Nandalal comes from the Mughal court to Guru Gobind Singh Ji's court. Mm-hmm. Like that, artists come from the Punjab hills to Anandapur. And an interesting thing we see is if you actually search up the first Dasam Granthabir that's dated to 1696, I think, it has a portrait of Guru Gobind Singh Ji in there, right? And what's unique is like people that have done research into portraiture, uh, portraits and stuff like that, they say that that painting or that portrait of Guru Gobind Singh Ji it's unlike the other portraits from the surrounding hill states. So what they come up, or the theory that they've come up with, is in that time, at the Anandapur Darbar, a new style of painting had come, and they call it the Anandapuri style. Because okay. it's so distinct from the surrounding portraits from the Punjab hills, that they say uh, the artists there created a unique style of portraiture. Like I think previous to that, like we could see a lot of... like. Um, Portraits and pictures, they look almost like very similar to like these Islamic um, arts and histories and people like that, right? Like we see pictures that are, it's almost hard to determine whether it's Sikh art or whether it's like Mughal art or things mm. like that, right? So you're, you're saying that Anand, the Anandpuri style was completely like, like you would be able to immediately recognize it, right? I wouldn't say like completely, maybe not to like to the average eye, like, um, but you can see stuff in there that would make you uh, be able to tell the difference between a Sikh painting and a Mughal painting so there are very few uh, examples of the Anandapur style that survive like the main one is from the Adasam Grantabir uh, I don't know if any others survived because obviously you know after the battle at Anandapur and stuff like that a lot of stuff was lost yeah. and a lot of those paintings were lost as well yeah. so the main one we have is of that so. I think there, there's a Sakhi Sarsa Nadi um, there was like a it was like a carriage or a horse or something of I don't know, I had, like, an insane amount of, like, grants and scriptures yeah, and all yeah. these different things. And, unfortunately, it went down into the river because there was a storm going on. And th- we lost a lot of relics and artifacts during that time. I think that was called the, the Vidya Sagar Grant. It was, like, a massive grant of uh, translated texts uh, from the Anandapur at the bottom that tons of poets worked on and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was lost in the I river. I think, like, you mentioned uh, by Nandalalji, right? Or, like, Nandalal Goyal. Yeah. Um, his his reports actually come up in um, or his his works come up in the reports um, like right here you could say in Ganjanam Manomi Bashai um, he literally describes like Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji it says here I, I even have a quote right here it says this was the most important evidence about Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji written by the Darbari Kavi of Guru Gobind Singh Ji in 1695 
Um, and they're referring to uh, Nandalal Goyal. Goya, sorry. Yeah, so I think that's also a very interesting, like you brought up the court records and stuff like that. You read um, some of the ones of Guru Gobind Singh Ji coming into Bahadur Shah's court because after Aurangzeb passed away, Bahadur Shah became, right, the emperor and stuff like that. And uh, they talk about uh, Guru Gobind Singh Ji going into the court in Delhi and they come with their karban. Uh, like a soldier, right? Like when you go into their court, uh, you're supposed to take all the weaponry and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you're supposed to get like checked and, and like that, that you see the report of the people in the court and they're writing it like Guru Gobind Singh walks in there like on their own sovereignty, right? Like they don't uh, bow to like the feet of Bahadur yeah, Shah or anything like or anything. that. Exactly. And I think another interesting thing is after Guru Gobind Singh Ji's Jyoti Jyot, uh, there's a report of Bahadur Shah finding out that Guru Gobind Singh Ji uh, had passed away, or their Jyoti Jyot. And they say not to take those things that they have. Uh, and they treat them like a spiritual person. So whenever like a spiritual person passed away, they wouldn't take their things uh, like they would a normal person. I don't. I forget what the word they use for it. Uh, it's in Persian. But yeah. they say, since they're a spiritual person, don't take their items, don't take anything, right? Because, you know, it might curse them or something like that. Yeah. So I think that's like another special relation that even though uh, Sikhs and Muggles, you know, have like a complex history, Bahadur Shah, after that, right, when he's dealing with Bandha Singh Bahadur, uh, Bahadur, he's really ruthless with how he treats Sikhs, right? He gives orders, like, find any Sikh and kill them, right? Yeah. But just before, with Guru Gomez Singh Ji, he said they're a special spiritual person, don't take their things, right? Yeah. So it's a complex relationship. I think you can't, Say uh, they've always been against each other. Even if you go back to Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji, right, with Shah Jahan, even though Shah Jahan uh, or Shah Jahan Jahangir, Jahangir, Jahangir is responsible for Guru Arjan Dev Shidi, there's moments where uh, uh, Guru Har Gobind Sahib Ji converses with uh, Jahangir, right, mm-hmm. even though they're responsible for their father Shahidi. Uh, so it's a complex relationship. There's no binaries, right? Yeah. So you gotta like see how the relationship evolves over time and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So I think I mean we we could see that like go on like especially like with um this complex relationship. We could see it with Aurangzeb, um and I have it documented right here. Um his relationship with the Guru Teg Bahadurji, who we ultimately ended up ordering to be Shaheed. Um he, he literally says like in one of the reports, there's no it's an anonymous writer. But the translation, I'm going to quote it, it says, When the news of the people gathering around Guru Tegh Bahadur emerged, emerging of a new millet, which means nation. Because at the times, um, I just want to make this uh, mention, I want to mention this, that um, Aurangzeb was rec- receiving reports, intelligence reports, saying that Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji was actually creating a new nation, a Sikh nation, because of like the, he was getting so much support um, from the Sikh community, and that uh, he wasn't no longer, the, I, I guess they said like he was no longer spiritual, he was more... I guess becoming like a leader and activist, things like mm-hmm. that. But um, but in this report right here, it's saying when the news uh, broke out of the new nation, the determination of Jats reached the ears of Aurangzeb Badshah. He ordered, if he, referring to Guru Tegh Bahadurji, sits alone, uh, sits alone like fakirs, he will not be given any trouble. Rather, considerable amount of continue to be paid to him out of this royal treasury like any other fakirs engrossed in prayer. So pretty much he was saying that he's going to be getting paid out of the royal treasury if he truly is a fakir and a spiritual person. Yeah. But um and that's 
like you said, that complex relationship. It's the same Aurangzeb who ultimately gave the order yeah. you know, to get him shaheed. With Bahadur Shah, he also said, you know, Guru Gobind Singh is a spiritual person, don't take their stuff. So yeah. there was obviously a line, and I guess uh, Aurangzeb thought Guru Tegh Bahadurji crossed that line, right? Yeah. They were becoming too temporal. Uh, they were trying to create their own rights. I mean, I think like we that. should definitely look at the reports Aurangzeb was getting because that'll determine why he was like, you yeah. know, um, why he acted the way he did. You know, originally he thought he might have just been a spiritual person, but based off of the reports he was getting and the intelligence s- suggesting that, you know, Guru Tegh Bahadurji was starting a new nation, that's why he ultimately gave that order, you know? Yeah, and I think that's what makes the next part, like the Zafar Lama, really interesting, mm-hmm. right? When Guru Gobind Singh Ji pens that to Aurangzeb, they write it in Persian, so he understands it. There's a lot of references to the Shah Nama, right? A text that's like... Uh, it's a famous Persian text that talks about like mythological heroes from like Persia and Iran, and it's like a text that was very big in the Mughal court. And it's like a religious text, or like it's more of like a folk mythological text. Okay, yeah. but you said they used it in their courts. Yeah, it's drawn upon a lot. Like how maybe like not a direct comparison. Like Suraj Prakash is for six. Yeah. Like there's no sick like now katha like history and stuff like that. Heavily relies on Suraj Prakash, right? Yeah. Uh, or like some type of like, I guess like, grant from those times that yeah. like accurately depict what You happened. can't talk about like, Persian history or like, Persian like, literature without mentioning like, the Shah Naman, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, at the courts of the Mughals, like Persian was a big thing. So Guru Gobind Singh Ji knew that as well. So <laughs> they put a lot of references of like, those mythological heroes into the Zafarnama. So Aurangzeb gets it and... If you read the reports, the court records, after Guru Gobind Singh Ji, or after Aurangzeb <laughs> gets the Zafarnama from Guru Gobind Singh Ji, uh, Aurangzeb sends like a council and soldiers to Guru Gobind Singh Ji to bring them to Delhi. Mm-hmm. Or I think they were still in southern India. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it was it was like a uh, like a um a court order that he gave or something. Yeah, like that, right? and yeah. he tells like the rulers that were against Guru Gobind Singh Ji. Uh, to provide the group protection as he passes through your lands and let wow. him safely reach me. Wow. So if you search up a book called Sikh History from Persian Sources, you can find like these court records and stuff like that of Aurangzeb making that order. So yeah, so once he read the Zafarnama, you know, mind changed, something changed, heart changed, right? Yeah. Uh, the he words were powerful <laughs> enough. Yeah, spooked. But unfortunately, as they were, as the... Guru was making the journey. Aurangzeb passed away, so that meeting never happened. Yeah. But you know, it's crazy to think about. Like, what if that did happen? You know, what would have come out of that? Yeah. Sick Mughal relations. You Definitely. Would, in ter- you know, at least in terms of like intelligence and government relations and like you know policy and things like that. You know, because I, I think we definitely need to like remember that whether or not we were a certified separate state or not, we were still acting as a government body. Right. It's not a small deal that the Badshah of the Mughal Empire was like talking. You know, like diplomats and things like that from yeah. the Sikh community, and directly talking to Guru Sahib himself as well. You know, yeah. And I think another interesting thing that I was talking about, you know, like state formation and stuff like that. I think uh, there's another there's a book called Rajasthani Documents on Banda Singh Bahadur, and uh, when Banda Singh was waging war right in Punjab uh, against the Mughals and uh, the hill states, he wasn't just uh, acting as a general; he was also acting as a diplomat. He sends letters out because uh, he himself also from a high caste to emperors and kings in Rajasthan okay. asking them for their help and he's like uh, to revolt against the Mughals, right? This is your duty uh, to uphold Taram. 
and those documents have been like locked away for a long time and this six scholar uh the book again rajasthani documents on mandi singh bahadur i think is what it's called uh he reached out to like other states to revolt against the moguls they ultimately don't come to help yeah. but it's just another thing interesting thing to see uh you know like the complexity yeah. of what the situation was right first you know guru gobind singh ji and aurangzeb you know having a direct line right them conversing uh at that time like six were such a small population so for like the emperor of india to be like paying special attention to them exactly. it just showed like yeah, it just goes back to like their yeah. diplomatic importance you know exactly and so i think those documents too like of banda singh bahadur just shows uh like six in their state formation how complex it was yeah uh things that we don't like hear about as much like in katha and stuff like that we hear about like the battles and stuff like that but this part like the research and stuff like that yeah. i think is really cool to see and like to bring that out yeah. to, like we hear about the yudhniti but we rarely hear about the rajniti you know yeah. rajniti and yudhniti they go hand in hand so i'm um, just you know like ending with rajniti and yudhniti i think we need to really um focus on the things that we do with politics we need to make sure that we're able to keep our stages whether we're doing things like promoting this type of art whether we're talking about intelligence reports anything we need to be careful um like especially with our social medias as well you know like TikTok as well i mm-hmm. know you have history with them um, yeah. your six scope account i think it got took down a little bit or yes. one of your posts yeah a couple of posts i've gone taking down but you know i've gotten them back up uh mostly they would report it for like the kurpans and stuff like that uh cuz it's like a very child friendly website or app So those type of things they don't really like you putting up there. Mm-hmm. So I try my best, you know, to make sure I do it doesn't get taken down. Uh but I've also posted things like swords of like Maharaja Ranjit Singh mm-hmm. or like weapons from the Guru's time and those haven't gone taken down. But maybe those yeah. because I like, have like artistic value and Yeah. Like maybe they think they're just ceremonial. So like those type of weapons like they're fine with. It's very given so, take. Yeah. So do you mostly like, post like art or do you like what For six scope uh the t- the videos i didn't start until way after i started like the ig and twitter so like twitter i remember i started i think may 2021 yeah may 2021 and the tiktok i just started uh, august 2022 so like a year and a half later i started that uh i don't know what made me want to start doing it i just thought you know what uh i have some ideas and let me just put it up there So at first I just posted videos where I didn't talk over them. I just found historical videos like there was this video from uh, Punjab Sahib, Gurdwara Punjab Sahib and it was from the 1970s and it showed like people from that time, right? How the Gurdwara looked, what the practices were, what they wore. Uh that did really well. Then I also posted these clips uh from Siddu Musa's SYL song. Uh the original clips RIP. Th- yeah, yeah, RIP and the clips were actually from uh, Operation Blue Star. So I was like oh this is really cool too so I can like show what the original videos are like unedited like mm-hmm. people like shouting jakare and stuff like that right uh and then one of my first videos that I ever did uh with my voice over it was about the lost palace of Amritsar and that was Maharaja Ranjit Singh's palace that they took down to put the gothic clock tower right in the corner and where's that, where which what do you mean where so back in the Sikh empire days uh If you there was a kal takht right here, right? And to the right of it, there was a large palace. And yeah. you see it in paintings like uh there's paintings from the 1830s, so like when Ranjit Singh was still alive, and they paint the darbar sahib and in the back, you can see a huge palace. Uh there's like huge columns everywhere and uh 
people research and they find out that's Maharaja Jit Singh's palace. So like back in the day, the Barsai like nowadays is very different to back then. Yeah. So back then it was like mungas and houses of like prominent sardars, right? The Ram Gariya Munga now. We still have that, right? Yeah. Obviously, a Kal Takht known as a Kal Munga, right? Yeah. There was also uh, houses for scholars, uh, but also a lot for sardars. Okay. And obviously, Maharaja Ranjit Singh being like Shere Punjab, like his was huge, right? Yeah. It was very recognizable. So, I posted a video about that. There's actually photographs of it as well. Yeah, how so they take it? They took it down and like they yeah they took it down. The, uh, what do they call it the Kantakar or something. Yeah, the Kantakar, the Gothic clock tower. So there's I think two or three photographs of uh, the palace. One that shows the whole palace is taken from Godora Baba Atul Rai. Right when you go to the top floor, mm-hmm. you can see all of the Sahib and you you can see the palace in whole. Uh, and other ones you can just see like columns or the roof. But in paintings as well, you can see the whole thing. So that's the first video I made, like with my voice over it, and it did really well. Like people really enjoyed it. So I was like, "Oh, let me continue with this, yeah, right?" And definitely. Just, I mean, I, I remember yeah. I enjoyed watching them. Too. Yeah, and it kind of just blew up from there. So I was like, "Yeah, uh, I'll keep doing it." I kept. I enjoy making those videos, right? It's cool yeah. researching. Like I learn stuff myself too. So uh, when I'm researching it, the ideas just pop into my head, like of what to make a video about. I have no set schedule or anything. Yeah. What I want to talk about, I just find something cool. I'm like, "Oh, other people." probably want to like hear about this too yeah so yeah I mean, are you are you on any other platforms aside from tiktok so twitter was where i started uh at six scope right uh i'm still pretty active on there ig as well uh that one's a little smaller i don't really focus at, on that as much yeah but tiktok now is like my biggest platform okay. it really blew up so yeah the most i'm pretty active on tiktok and twitter so those are the two main spaces for sure but yeah yeah, I think it's just we just need to be very careful and like and how we, you know, store these types of contents and things like that. These videos because we know they're gonna get taken down. So follow Amit Singh uh, at Six Scope on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Um, hopefully, you could uh, diversify out to other platforms as well. Uh, thank you for being here on Kudlevichar. We'd uh, love to have you back sometime soon uh, with more art and history facts. So thank you. Man, thank you so f- much for inviting me, man. I, I had a good time. You know, hopefully more podcasts to come. So yeah. Yeah. Why Guruji ka khalsa? Why Guruji ki fateh?